Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to another episode of In the Know. This week brought to you by betonline.ag and Untuck It. Great friends of the Blue Wire Network, great friends of the podcast. Mason Ginsburg, we had a busy trade deadline of which the <laughs> Pelicans did absolutely nothing at all. But I don't give a crap. The Pelicans just beat the brakes off Portland like it was the playoffs two years ago. Drew Holiday locking down Dave Dalla. Damian Lillard is going to go into all-star break, perform at halftime on Saturday night, and he's going to be thinking about his, how he's been 0 for 14 against the Pelicans <laughs> from three this season, and it's going to be a terrible performance like his performances have been against the Pelicans so far. In Zion, career high. I'm unbelievably hyped off this game, which was an important game and a statement win from the Pelicans with regards to the playoff race. What are your emotions right now? Man, that's first of all, Dame's going to drop 50 on Memphis tomorrow night with you, uh, now that you said all that, uh, which actually would be fine by me. <laughs> um, but, man, what a that was fun. One back in the loss column from Portland now, uh, climbing up the standings. And obviously we've got the, the pretty cakewalk-ish schedule after the All-Star break. Um, and, and Portland does too. So they're the second easiest schedule in the Western Conference behind the Pelicans. And so the fact that they're, the New Orleans is 3-0 against Portland now and has the season series locked up is huge. And that game was just so much fun, man. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Zion had his career night so far. But, there, I mean, so many guys on this team contributed. I mean, 138 points, that, that kind of thing will happen. You're going to see some crazy box score numbers from a lot of players. But, I mean, both sides of the ball, I mean, we, we all uh, – Brandon Ingram missing this game was uh, a disappointment. But at the same time, I was excited to see Josh Hart uh, fill, fill in the starting lineup and 
I was ready for him to be a, uh, a plus defensively and really create that energy that he's been able to create so many times for the Pelicans this year. But man, he was lights out on offense too, seven for 10 from the field. Um, <laughs> and he, he, he scored without being terribly, um, you know, he, he usually takes a, a, quite a few threes, but he was two for five from three, which is fine. But he scored from all over the place. He, he was getting inside, and all, a lot of the Pelicans were getting inside. Lonzo Ball was driving more, too. So, I mean, a lot of things to like. I mean, we're, I think we can talk a little bit about a few different players in their uh, respective games and, and ways that they really, really turned this game around after a pretty shitty first quarter. Yeah, okay. So, let, let's just start with Josh freaking Hart, man. He has been... <laughs> playing unbelievably well these this past stretch of games now the pelicans have won three and oh as you mentioned brandon ingram has missed about two and a half of these games and and josh hart has stepped up in a big way whether it's offense whether it's defense what whether it's you know you putting josh hart on, on one of their better perimeter players he is doing it all he's earned a shout out from zach Lowe on I'm willing to bet Josh Hart is going to be in the next 10 things I like and don't like column that Zach Lowe is going to put out. So there's a strong possibility. Uh, but he's, like you said, he's been unbelievable. He he played decently well in the first half. And then the third quarter, he took over, but from a defensive standpoint, he forced several turnovers. He ended up with 10, uh, 10 points in, in like a three, four minute stretch where it was just all hustle and, the Pelicans blew the game open because of it. So I've, I've been very excited to watch, watch Josh Hart. He's been an impact player for this team. And, and it was, like you said, a concern, like there were maybe questionable moments earlier in the year. Like where, where does he fit? Who does he take minutes from? And, and, and what is his role going to be? But he is earning every single minute that he is getting. And, and I hope the Pelicans can, retain him uh, a year from now at a reasonable deal because if he continues to play really well there's going to be some team that's going to want to over overpay that and Memphis just just gave a pretty nice deal to Dylan Brooks and if we can get Josh Hart on that I would be all aboard for it on yeah yeah absolutely I, I think I think that's going to be one of the I mean obviously beyond throwing the throwing money at Brendan Ingram that's going to be I think I think hopefully that's something the Pelicans look into this summer is, is uh, you know, seeing what negotiating and figuring out what kind of contract Josh might be interested in. Um, I, I think, I mean, I think he'd be open to locking something in this summer. Uh, oh, I mean, do you, do you think that's, I, I don't know. I, I'm back I and forth on it. He wants to bet on himself. The thing yeah. is the, the sell has to be a long-term future here for him you know he asked griff not to trade him and and griff relented now now griff gets to ask something back and and i think josh hart has earned the right to bet on himself and i think in 2021 he will probably get a decent amount of money from somewhere but i you know i i just don't know i i hope that they can lock him into something um this summer and if, if they can't just let the market play out and deal with it then and if you if you get the sense that he's going to be way too pricey then that means he's playing tremendously well and and you you look to see what you can get out of him I think that's the last scenario that we want but hey if, if he becomes that good and he becomes that much in demand then then you try to figure out what his value is is on the trade market and go from there yeah yeah um, 
Who who should we go to next? I mean, there's so many guys to talk about in this. There were so many contributions from from all over the the floor. I mean, JJ Redick had 20 points in 20 minutes off of 10 shots, and he grifted his way into six free throws where he was just oh, was it Anthony Simons was was fouling him every time mm-hmm. JJ touched the ball. It was it was great to watch. Um, yeah. He was he was great. But I want to talk about Drew Holiday, who has struggled. Um, he had a, he had a period of games where he struggled and the last two games, he's been absolutely in, incredible. Um, particularly as a, a floor general against Indiana, he was super clutch. He, he had a big scoring game. Uh, he had a double digit assist game and, and he has really made the Pelicans offense what it is. And in, in this game, again, it was the same story in, in 29 minutes, he put up 16 and 10, uh, off an efficient seven of 12 shooting. But what impressed me the most about this game was he was in control the whole time. So, you know, when, when the Pelicans needed to play fast, he pushed the pace and he found the people that were hustling hard on defense and getting open in transition. When the Pelicans needed to slow the game down, he slowed it down and made the right reads. He found Zion on a tremendous lob, but that was after he slowed it down uh, and the defense was fully keyed in on him. He defensively obviously just clamped down on Damian Lillard. He finished the night with two steals and two blocks, which is pretty impressive. And again, only 29 minutes for, for a guard. Uh, one of Drew's best all-round games I've seen this year, even though the numbers aren't going to be eye-popping. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and he, was, he was all over the place. Uh, he was, um, you know, I, I got annoyed with, one of the early he, he likes to take these early shot clock step back threes it still frustrate me I feel like it's some of the stuff that Josh Hart was doing earlier in the season Drew's kind of still doing it but then he that was the only I feel like that was that bothered me and then the rest of the game was just Drew doing amazing thing after amazing thing after amazing thing it was so so fun to watch I mean I, I think you you can't talk about Drew without talking about the team as a as a whole from an assist perspective and the fact they put up they, 40 assists tonight like they they almost, 49 makes they almost doubled the Trailblazers number of assists Lonzo and Drew both had 10 Zion and Frank Jackson both had five I mean they had 30 assists from four players I I can't imagine that's ever happened before in Pelicans history like this is I, I don't see how um and, and so just the unselfishness ever no one ever, ever we're always finding the open man like you said 40 assists on 49 makes that's just an incredible ratio and um that I mean if they keep playing ball like that it's going to lead to lead to more success yeah, and again, it's it's all starting on the defensive end. I mean, I think in the first quarter, Derek Favors looked just flat out bad. Um, someone on Twitter remarked that he he looks like a black Omer Ashi. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, and I thought it was accurate at, at that at that point of the game. Um, but he picked it up in the in the third quarter where where it mattered the most. Lonzo looked pretty terrible the first half of the game and he picked it up in the third quarter a lot, especially defensively and, and even offensively, he was playing really well. The whole team was, it was a Warriors esque third quarter. They scored 41 points. They held Portland to 21 points. Um, just a bonkers third quarter. And, and yeah. we haven't even talked about Zion Williamson. <laughs> so let's talk about Zion. What stood out to you most this game? Um, his 
I mean, it's for him, at least right now for me, it's always starting and ending with his offensive rebounding and how much of it's just a, he's a machine. I don't like what, what's, have you seen anyone even close to like him on, on New Orleans, a uh, New Orleans basketball team on the offensive glass? Like, like it's, I know we've, we talked about how he rebounds his own misses a lot, but he's just, he's ripping the ball of everyone's today was the victim was Hassan Whiteside. Like he, not only the rebounds, but he's, he's so fearless. He's going at anyone inside. The he Pelicans, just doesn't care. He doesn't the Pelicans care. Pelicans were isoing <laughs> Zion Williamson against Whiteside. And, and they were like, yep, we're just going to live with this matchup and, and Whiteside's going to foul out. And, <laughs> and I don't think he fouled out this game. Whiteside finished with five fouls. So he was very close. Um, but the Pelicans were like, yeah, we're going to put our, our 6-6 forward against a 7-foot center who leads the league in blocks. And, and we like that matchup. And, and they, Zion was absolutely incredible against him. He had some really good finishes. There were some times where Whiteside made things difficult. I think Zion got blocked once or twice. Um, but that wasn't because of Williamson. It was because of the defense collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, it wasn't because of Whiteside. It was because the defense collapsed. But mm-hmm. – other than that, I mean, when there was when Trevor Ariza was on Zion, there was just no chance <laughs> whatsoever at all. And so there was a time where Ariza was trying to front him. Yeah, good luck. That's a that's a lob over the top. Then there was a time that um, Zion faced up against him, had a quick lightning quick jab step to the left, and just exploded for a dunk down the middle of the lane. And this is twenty seven minutes. He put up thirty one points was a team high plus 25. I'm pretty sure he's had the team high plus minus in like six of his eight games. Um, yeah, a few of them. Yeah. He's only been negative in the plus minus once. That was, that was the Milwaukee game. And he, I think super impressive tonight. He was 11 for 14 from the free throw line, 78.6% there. He was, um, yeah, I mean, the, just, just yeah. a really all round good outing for him. He didn't look tremendously out of place defensively I think he's still I think he's still finding his place and in, in, in areas that he's effective in and so like he clearly has a lot of room for improvement like he only had three defensive rebounds compared to six offensive rebounds that's a little bit of like the Jackson Hayes syndrome um but I I think I think he can get a lot better at that and I think he will I'm not too concerned about it going going into the future I think right now he's just like oh ball goes up let me go leak an offense and I'll get the ball and I'll score. And then, and then it may even be part of the game plan a little bit, but um, I think that'll get better. And, and I think as, as the more games he plays, the better he'll get on defense and he'll get in better game shape. Not that he's like out of shape. It's not a narrative I'm trying to add fire to. It's just that the more repetitions you get, the better you play. And yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and I've been too, so Obviously, Zion did a lot of great things on his own, but I've been impressed at how the Pelicans guards and really anyone around the perimeter have done the job they've done getting him the ball because some of these passing lanes aren't easy. I mean, Zion's not a super tall dude who's going to make things. Obviously, he can fly high, and and if you're throwing him an alley-oop, that's one thing. But, you know, I I think the the, uh, whether it's Lonzo or Drew or – I mean – all, all these guys are really doing a better job of, of getting the ball in, into Zion and, and, and not, you know, putting the ball at risk. And now Zion's a strong guy. He's an athletic guy. And he's going to go get a lot of balls, even though he's not, you know, he's not, a, you know, six foot 10 or six foot 11, but um, it's still, it, it's still uh, promising. I think to, to see that ability from 
the rest of the team to, to get that, to feed him when he's hot. Yeah, no, it, it is. The, I think the team understands what a four scion is. And it's, it's just amazing to watch. He's 19 years old. He's played eight games now, nine games. I don't know. Nine, yep. nine games. And, and in his ninth game, he put up 31, nine and five in 27 <laughs> minutes. But it's difficult to comprehend what he's really doing. Yeah, it's us. I, I tweeted about it just before we started that there's in less than 30 minutes to, he's the youngest player ever to do that. I mean, it was Luca, and now it's him. And like 19 year olds that have put up his stat line <laughs> have been LeBron, Durant, and Luca. That's it, ever. Yeah, and no one did it as quickly as Zion did. Yeah, it's just it's it's nuts. I mean, and then you're going to add Berninger back to this group. Um, it's uh, you know, it's the, the team. I mean, it's not an easy game, obviously, on Thursday coming up in Oklahoma against Oklahoma City. But um, it's the team is as long as they can handle business. Then, and I, I, I would imagine this team's got a chip on their shoulder against the Thunder with the way things have gone this season. So if they can, and OKC's playing great basketball, so it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a really good game. But if they can, they can get that one going to the All Star break. They're in a, they're, they're, you know, they could be in a worse spot than they are when compared to where they were about a month ago. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm watching the Spurs because they just won't die. <laughs> they they beat OKC tonight despite Chris Paul having a great game, but yeah, you know, and and Portland I think is a huge threat. Not not to mention Memphis, who is at 500 or slightly above 500. So long way to go, but I think this is a great time for us to talk about our Bet Online line of the week. BetOnline.ag is our online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. And this week's line, we are going to be discussing Zion Williams' Rookie of the Year odds. Now, if you guys haven't been paying attention, Andrew Lopez tweeted out odds for for Zion Williamson's uh, Rookie of the Year. And and currently, um, it stands that Ja Morant is the favorite at negative 650. Zion Williamson is plus 350 and Kendrick Nunn is plus 2000. Do you think one, these odds change tomorrow? Two, is it, is, is it possible for Zion to steal this? Is this a discussion we should be even having? Uh, I, 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 I hate to put a damper on things. I don't, I still don't see it. I, so the odds do change. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I think people like they'll, they'll get impulse bets on Zion after the game like this. And so I think the odds, maybe the odds have already changed. Um, I haven't looked, but um, at the same time, I mean, so the first thing that has to happen for, I think Zion to even have a chance to win it is for the Pelicans to make the playoffs. I think so right now we're starting at a, at, at best, I don't know what do you want to call it twenty five percent chance, um, and then after what does five thirty eight say? <laughs> Jason um, would love that. And then you've obviously got to put up stats that would in the amount of games I am will play, which is like what uh, thirty five to forty ish, um, rival Morant's over sixty sixty five games, and so that's it's just it's it's a really tough thing to ask even for Zion and and especially when he's going to be sitting out back to back still, I, I think is the plan. So that's going to take another couple of games away from him. Um, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I would still like, I'm not going to put money on either of those things, but if I had to pick one, I'd still, I, I, 
Morant um, uh, with with even with the odds. So um, I'm all Lame. in on the Zion hype, but I, I don't see it. I know. Lame. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that the, the conversation with Zion begins and ends with playoffs. Because if Memphis gets into the playoffs, there's no way Zion wins it. I mean, he's got to average like 30 and 10 going forward to make that a close conversation. And if Memphis like teeters, teeters off and New Orleans is hot and they finish with a better record, well, it's a closer conversation. If, if Zion and the Pelicans make the playoffs, I think he wins. Guaranteed. Really? I think he, sh- I think he should win. So you think if, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, Zion's going to win Rookie of the Year? Yes. Uh, I, I don't think it's that simple. That's interesting. I think it's that simple because I think that'll require um, a huge push from the Pelicans from a win standpoint. And then people can be like, look, look at their record before Zion. Look at the record with Zion. Like this is absurd. Despite the, the despite the strength of schedule piece, blah, 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 <laughs> man. Look at the casual fans. Stephen A. Smith ain't going to look at the schedule. <laughs> Nick yeah, Wright but- ain't going to look at the schedule. <laughs> Oh yeah, mm, I, I yeah I'm not I'm not there yet, but um I think almost as crazy to me on this line like let's forget Ja and Zion for a second because I hate fun. It's crazy to me that the next best odds is Kendrick Nunn, and so plus two thousand obviously it's a two man race. I want to know point. where Nicolo Melli's at. Okay, <laughs> Melli's been making a push. He's been playing real well. He's he's an impact player. I believe in Melli. Didn't even make the Rising Stars game. I guess if you're 28 years old as a rookie, can you make the Rising Stars game? Jonathan Simmons made it like a while back when he was like 40 years old. <laughs> Whatever. Is, is, is Nunn really the third best rookie this year in terms of like production? Is that, is that I mean, he's that's been, crazy. He's been decent. Yeah. Anywho, this has been our betonline.ag line of the week. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, which is all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on small, short, slim, tall, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. I guess we can talk about the trade deadline if you want. (laughs) um, Nothing happened? Hey, the Pelicans were winners. Mm -hmm. I wrote about this. I wrote about this. The Pelicans Pelicans were winners at the trade deadline. No. Um, Being less facetious, uh, what I posited was that by doing nothing, um, the Pelicans were winners because the prime market for Derek Favors dried up. So I, I think we always talked about how Atlanta was the biggest Favors target, uh, I guess a threat to pull away Favors from the team. 
And and we kind of discuss like, well, is he going to be worth keeping around if he demands um, a big contract? Well, Atlanta traded for two bigs, Clint Compella and Dwayne Dedman. Um, the teams, there's five teams with cap space left next year. And I think it's, it's New York, it's Charlotte, it's Detroit. Um, it's Miami. And there's one more. It's, it's a, it's a bad team. That I, oh, it's Atlanta. It's, Phoenix. it's, it's Atlanta. Not Atlanta Phoenix, has okay. like 40 million in cap space no, okay. still because they're weird. Um, <laughs> but none of those teams, you, you look at those teams, it's like, all right, who, which one of those teams is going to pay Derek favors? And maybe, maybe it's going to be Miami. But I feel like if they're the only team with cap space and they're the only good team with cap space, they're going to have much bigger targets than Derek Favors. And what they want to do is they've gone all in on this idea of of saving their cap space for 2021 when Yatness becomes a free agent. So if they yeah. do anything of the sort, they're going to do a one-for-one one deal or a one-year deal where they overpay someone. And that's if they strike out on, on all of the other free agents. And, mm-hmm. you know, by my counts, what favors is maybe the sixth best big on the market um, this season. And so what that does is that it leaves a bunch of teams that are over the cap and the max that they are allowed to spend on favors is, is the mid-level exception. So there's a taxpayer mid-level exception and there's a non-taxpayer mid-level exception. The non-taxpayer MLE is bigger. It's going to be around nine point something million this year. And, and that's the max someone will be able to pay for favors unless they get him by a sign and trade. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans are in a position to pay him above the MLE, not because they have cap space, but because they have his rights. They have his bird rights. So if they wanted to, they can beat out all the other offers on the market and still retain him and not pay him a ton of money. So I think they're in a good position with, with Derek Favors, who I really think if he hit the open market, he'd be getting the five, six million uh, taxpayer MLE, the smaller MLE. Not I, even really, the full. Really? I don't even think he'd get the full because if that is the only tool teams have available to, to sign players and they're going to sign, there's going to be players are going to go after before they go after Derek Favors. Yeah, but they're, I mean, we're going to be in a situation where at least what, 20 teams have the non-tax MLE? Sure. And then there's going to be teams. There's with more cap than space. 20 free agents, so like yeah, but there's also gonna... cap space. There's also cap space. I I I, I could see him getting the full MLE. I, I'd be or the full non-tax MLE. Um, I just I just I mean I think it's possible. I think it's the high end of what he's going to get. Yeah. So the necessary follow-up question is, uh, and this is something. So we've had some internal conversations around this, and 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 kind of the, thinking about this from the perspective of the player. And if you're Derek Favors. And you get, let's say you get a full non-tax MLE offer from Team A, and then the Pelicans offer you one million more than that as Team B, even though the Pelicans could technically offer you well more than what they did. As fav- favorite, do you do you walk if you're Derek Favors and take less money because you feel disrespected? And and my question kind of to you is, what do you think is the amount of money that overcomes that? gap of perceived disrespect i don't know man to me if he feels disrespected he can walk Peace. i yeah. honestly i i do not care i've i think i've said this all year i think you could find a guy to play his position that gives you you know 80 percent of his value and and i think it won't be difficult and if the pelican if he wants to walk then the pelicans can accommodate him by a sign and trade and get get something else back um and so he can have his cake and eat it too mm-hmm. I, I i don't care 
Um, if you want Especially with Zion that. playing the five more. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Zion is coming. Jackson Hayes is going to get better. Melly looks like he he, he needs yeah. more minutes with Good especially with Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they get another big uh, that that replaces Okafor or another combo forward or another stretch guy, then there's just that's just less minutes for Derek Favors. So if he wants to walk, he can walk. And that's why I love that the Pelicans can get him from cheap. And and if you're not paying him too much, I'd give him two years maximum, and I'd push so hard for a non guaranteed second year. Um, or a team option or whatever. And, and that's how I'd structure it. And that way, you know, not only is he a cheap option, you, you have uh, a stop gap essentially that you're comfortable starting as your other options get ready. And, and you're going to slowly diminish his minutes over time. And obviously there'll be some matchups that, that you really need him for and, and you'll utilize him for that. But other than that, you know, that, that is, that is where I'm at with Derek Favors. How let's say uh, let's say you could get him for the one year and non guaranteed second year. How much? What's the highest you're willing to go for that one year? Twelve. Huh. Maybe um, would you? So yeah, what's the highest you're willing to go? I go I go higher than that, um, just because it's again it's one year and I mean I'd have to oh. look. Obviously, I don't I don't I don't want to get stuck in any sort of nearing the tax type of situation which i guess could happen with the ingram contract but i think i think what you're going to see is the pelicans are there's a huge chance they end up in a situation where they're hard capped next year either because they use the the non the non-taxpayer mle or they participate in a sign and trade mm-hmm. so that's a consideration to have you're gonna have ingram maxed out and there's a pretty decent chance that that they're going to be hard capped and i think a lot of teams in the league are going to be hard capped because of this mle and sign and trade situation Yep. So how much over 12 are you willing to go? I'd probably go to 15. Um, See, to me, 15 becomes on the, on the uh, high end of, you know, like that's 12, I think is flexible when it comes to up or down and and moving salary. I think 15 is not as flexible as 12. And so I think 12 is just a nice tradable number. Yeah, I mean, like I can trade 12 and someone can give me their MLE guy and it works, but I don't think you can trade an MLE guy for 15. I think you're right about that. Um, but I also, I guess that's not something I was I was thinking would be likely if you're trading for some guy who, I guess a, a contract that maybe has less less life left. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would love to be able to get it for 12. I just, you know, I, I think if you're just getting him on a one year deal, it might take a little bit more than that. And I'd be okay with it, but um, it's, it's more of a, just make sure that we're not going to be in um, uh, getting ourselves over the tax line, but we'll see. So were they going to pay Frank Jackson who played (laughs) well tonight? Yeah, he had a good game. Um, When you pay Frank Jackson, do you pay him and his dad's Twitter? (laughs) I don't think we should go there. No? Okay. We'll uh, leave it at that then. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he played well tonight. I still don't think he's a Pelican next season, but. Um, no chance. Know, he, I don't think it's zero. What chance. about a sign-in trade? Do you think that's a chance? No one. I mean, if, you, you really don't think the Pelicans would have taken a second round pick for him, a real second round pick if they could have gotten I it? At the deadline? I think that the Pelicans had trade options for him that they turned down. Really? That's what I think. 
uh, that based on what I've seen from him so far that, and all of the advanced metrics <laughs> around him, <laughs> that surprises me. But um, yeah, I don't he know. He played I mean, really well tonight. He played good, he good, good defense. He made his shots yeah. and he had five assists in, in the question mark with always with him for me has always been, what do you do when you're not scoring? And tonight he did two things. He had five assists and he played good defense. Yeah. And like he, he was, it wasn't a situation I think, or at least not from what I remember where he was, you know, it wasn't a driving kick type point card, but I remember like a couple of plays where like he, he maneuvered in space the right way and, and drew other defenders just far enough away from their man to like find openings. And so you know, that was, the, he was the crafty. Bet, the betonline.ag line today should have been who ends up with more drives, Lonzo or Frank Jackson tonight? <laughs> that, that should have been, that should have been, and, and so I'm going to have you guess take into consideration that Frank Jackson played 21 minutes and Lonzo played 38 minutes. Yeah, I think it was Lonzo. Yeah, no, I'm going Frank. Really? Lonzo played 32 minutes against the Bulls and recorded zero drives. That was two games ago. Yeah, I know, but it, I feel like we were seeing – I mean, I, I thought he was attacking a little Indiana, bit Indiana, he was really good. He he was really, really good, especially everyone knows that, that hesitation he had and he took Miles Turner to the rim. Best drive of his season. And it was the first time all season he recorded 10 drives. Improvement. Tonight, actually, you know, you may be right. He had a, a couple of those pump fakes and, and taking it to the rim. I think it's been more of a concerted effort for Alonzo to, to drive. And he also he had at least one or two plays where he drove and and, and dumped it. Not not, uh, you know, I was it. I was wrong on his minutes. He played thirty three minutes tonight. I was looking at a different box score. Twenty two minutes for Frank Jackson or twenty two forty, and thirty three thirty six for Lonzo. Yep, I'm still going Lonzo. Okay, I go Frank Jackson. Mm-hmm. Frankie mm-hmm. Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, you mentioned one thing pretty quickly when we were talking about favors, and that was Melly and how well Melly's played recently. And I think especially the fact that he's been playing well repeatedly at the five. Um, and that's, um, you know, I didn't know, obviously coming into the season, I didn't know much about him, didn't know if that was something he would be able to handle. And I think early in the season, he made, the Pelicans kind of tried that a little bit and it didn't go very well. Um, but he's been playing, he's been doing a really, really good job uh, recently on the defensive end of the floor as, as the five. And so that could be matchup based partially, but um, I, I've liked what I've seen. And, and I think it, it is a certainly it, it will, if he continues this, it's even more of a consideration for the favors discussion over the summer. If he's really going to be able to, if you can make up 48 minutes of center with Zion, Melly and Jackson Hayes, I mean, or most of that, then what's the point, right? Right. And I still think Jackson Hayes is at least two years away. He's he is good for for certain games and, and certain uh, matchups, and he's good in bursts. But like, man, there are some times where you're just like Jackson. What the hell are you doing? I'm still not confident he really knows how to play basketball um, well. And and he's just he's just whatever he's doing, he's doing it off of pure talent, which is great because it's 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 a good sign. Basketball is teachable. I don't think he's a dumb guy. I don't think he has low IQ. I think it's a experience and repetition thing. Yep. Um and and so I'm excited and he's gonna get bigger, he's going to get stronger, and he's going to get better. I, I still think like for us to pencil him in as an actual starter starter, uh year three. You know, and I know he started games this year, and, and he looked fine in in his role. Um, I think he'll be even more of a, a better spot starter next year. 
but year three is what I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair, but I mean, yeah, he's not going to play less next season, right? Unless no. you think he played. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so I don't think he plays less. I think his, you know, like I think his minutes are more consistent. They have lower variance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Anything that you're looking for, for this team to do before they head into all-star break? Um, I'm really excited for Zion versus Steven Adams on the boards. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I mean, it's... Well, they traded... They didn't trade Gallinari. You're right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Gallinari's going to get cooked. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be um... interesting because Gallinari is one of the league's best uh, at generating ticky-tack fouls, and he's, he's really good at getting to the line. He's always been elite. He's, he's in the the James Harden range of three point attempts to getting to the free throw line ratio. So he's it's what makes him a really efficient player. Yeah. But so I'm, I, you know, if, if OKC thinks that is a favorable matchup for him, they're going to target it. I'm also not looking forward to Chris Paul. Chris Paul will know. Chris Paul will, will get Zion on a switch and he will be like this. Hey, Rook, welcome to the league. <laughs> and and that's also going to be interesting to watch. But I'm excited. I hope the Pelicans get up for that game because it's it's super important. Yeah, and it's man, I, and I'm hoping. It, it seems like Inger might be back for that game, but if not, you know what? I'm okay with. Uh, not that I don't want Inger back, because I absolutely do. But I, I I'm okay with seeing Josh Hart against uh, uh, Shy and Chris Paul in the backcourt. Like that's you need to throw some aggressive and some high energy defenders at those guys. And I think, you know, I think Hart would be uh, great to have in that mix, but um, obviously I'll take, I'll take getting Ingram's offensive game back uh, as well. Pretty, pretty easily. Okay. He likes to do their, their three point guard lineup and it's been absolutely deadly with Schroeder mm-hmm. who's been really good this year, especially off the bench. Uh, and, and so maybe we'll see more Frank Jackson matched up against Schroeder on, on those bench stretches, but Schroeder, Paul and Alec, uh, Gilgis Alexander, that's that's going to be tough to handle. The Thunder have what won three games against the Pelicans, and and yep. I think two two of them, I don't know if it was all three, but at least two of them it was just Chris Paul and Stephen Adams pick and rolling them to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Favors played any of the games? Uh, I I don't remember, but I am already despite the the defensive rebounding deficiencies that will come up if it, if they run it with it. I'm really excited to see the the small ball lineup against against those guys. So even even the three point guard with, with Schroeder and uh, and Shy and Chris Paul. I mean, if you if you throw Drew, Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, and Zion, Adam, what what does it look like? And um, like I said, defensive boards. You've got a gr- a few different guards who are good at good at rebounding, but it's no match for Stephen Adams. But every I feel like every other phase of the game than defensive rebounding. That'd be really fun to watch against this, this Thunder team. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's a big game coming up. And hopefully the Pelicans can win out until All-Star break. And, and they really make <laughs> win out until All-Star <laughs> game and make it interesting. Um, but till then, we will probably catch you after All-Star break, unless something crazy amazing happens or or whatever the case may be. But... Thanks for listening, folks. And once again, thank you to our sponsors.
Hello everyone, my name is Colin Kelly and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.